beauties. Welcome to Well Honestly, the podcast sponsored by Brown Women Wellness. I'm Andretta, a functional nutrition wellness coach. And I'm Akila. We are your mother-daughter hosts bringing two different generations together weekly to educate you on all things related to health, nutrition, financial, and mental wellness during these changing times. Once we know what choices we have, we can do better because we know the struggle to stay healthy is real. We invite you to come as you are, but leave inspired to become your best healthy self. So let's get started. Let's get this thing started. (laughs) Hello there, world. Hello, all of our podcast listeners. We are back. We back. And um, this episode, we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to probably most of us. Uh, Mm. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I'll tell you why. This, you know, what we're going to talk about today is... Why is it? Why does it become difficult to lose weight after a certain age? Mm-hmm. How, why is it different when your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, your sixties? And I'm going to share some of my own personal experiences, and Akila's going to share some of hers. But I know everybody in here has had that feeling where they feel like they've done everything they can to get the extra weight off, and sometimes it gets very frustrating. You say, "Okay, I'm doing everything right." And, you know, you're trying to shed those extra pounds that were clinging for dear life around your midsection. Uh, you do, you, you're going to the gym, you're working out religiously, you're eating right, and they just won't go anywhere. And you're like, what in the world? And you especially notice this after the age of 35. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because I remember in my 20s, I used to prance around. Not prance. I pranced. And I'll <laughs> never forget something. One of my, you know, aunties always tell the truth. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. We're going to stop that. Remember when we talked about trauma? Yes. That ain't the truth. Well, let me just that tell you. That is a traumatic <laughs> thing that well, y'all used to do to people. Oh, no. Let me just tell you what um, one of my aunties said mm-mm. to me about, I was cute. I was walking around and she would say, she said, yeah, and I was just eating everything under the sun. And she said, one day you're not, you're gonna find yourself looking just like us. And us is, that is so toxic. And us was over, you know, overweight and all those things. And I was like, yeah. nah, not gonna happen to me. He trying to bust your little bubble. Yeah, just because I was young and and prancing and around. She wasn't. And they she told me, she said, but just keep she told she told me, just keep living. Just keep living. That was some of their favorite words. That's so some of your favorite words. Uh, well, you do should keep living. But uh, as we go on, you know, we were able to, I realized what they meant. And I got into my late 30s is when it hit me. Because I used to be able to eat anything and not gain any weight. I could eat whatever I want to eat. And I think all of us at one point have experienced that. It's called metabolism. Well, we know what it's called. We know exactly what it's called. You know, this this, this, this episode talk about triggers is going to trigger me. No. Say that right now. Okay. Because you know, as a woman of a certain age. Oh Lord. She sounds t- like she's 90. Ah. <laughs> by the time this podcast episode comes out, I will be 35, freshly cemented 35. And I have to say, you know, I I struggled with a lot of people, a lot of women, we struggle struggle with body shaming. Well, this is episode our older generation when we have been taught that we're supposed to look a certain type of way versus obesity and unhealthy weight. 
there is a fine line in that. And as a as a 35-year-old woman who was a little overweight, but who also wasn't necessarily always overweight, but was felt like she was overweight, we're going to talk about that. Well, if you look at Instagram and social media and you look at television and you look at the women that uh, that we see out there in the world, you know, a lot of women find themselves wanting to look like that. But that's not even a weight thing. It's, that is a body type. Yeah, well, I don't want to Well, I don't want to get too far off the subject cuz right now I really want to stay on cuz that's a whole nother topic. We could come back and do a whole well, podcast child, topic on that. Child. I mean, but I'm talking about that stubborn weight, you know, the one the kind of just drive you crazy that you obsess over and you try to strategize on um, what you could do differently. Like the last 15 you want to lose or something like that? Yeah, when you spend hours research, researching the latest and the greatest ways to lose fat and it don't go nowhere, mm. that type of thing, you know, and then you end up right back where you started, you know, because you don't try everything. Because losing weight in your 20s and early 30s is a little easier. And, you know, but then as you get in the 35, 40, I remember the most I've ever weighed, I was in my 40s. Man, I go back and look at some of those pictures. I was wearing some of those big, 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 big. Remember those dresses that I used to wear? <laughs> the Mina dresses. The Mina dresses. Yeah. We were hiding about a good 20 extra pounds under there. And I look at those uh, oh, those times and I couldn't figure out for the life of me, you're eating less but you're still gaining weight. You're even mm-hmm. working out and you're still gaining weight. And so, of course, we all know it's called metabolism. We all know about it. But what exactly is it really? So I did a little research on this. And this is one of the things that we we uh, actually studied in uh, our functional nutrition classes. And at the end of the day, this is all about hormones. Mm. At the end of the day, it's a hormone change. You go through hormone changes. You go through a hormone change uh, in your 30s. You go through a hormone change uh, when you in perimenopause. You go through a hormone change in menopause. You go through one when you have a baby. And you go through one after you have a baby. And that's the kind of weight. And usually, usually what the problem all comes down to is insulin. You're insulin resistant. And what is insulin resistance? What is that? So insulin is a hormone, okay? And it's, it really is a result of elevated glucose in your blood. And it rises and it keeps you the weight on you. And then you start getting resistant to it and your body just develops a resistance to the insulin and it just continues to rise. So most people when they're, and you could tell when you're insulin resistant because you're hungry all the time, you're craving foods all the time, there are different symptoms of insulin resistance. And so generally what happens is you find yourself always trying to figure out how to get that weight off when actually what you really need to do is control your blood sugar and control your hormones. So it's all about your hormones. So our hormones go up and down, all around, upside down. When you're emotional, you have these hormones. And then you know you go do what is called stress eating. And so you're going to find yourself going through a lot of changes and your body changes every time you go through a period of, of adjustment in your 30s, in your 40s. It wasn't until I was in my 50s. I remember, I think I've been on every diet you can think of in America. I've tried almost everything. 
I've tried every pill, every shot. I remember thinking, okay, I just cannot get this weight off because I didn't know that I was insulin resistant. I didn't know what it was exactly what was keeping my weight on. And yes, I had cravings, uncontrollable cravings. Had I known that all I needed to do was control my blood sugar, I would have did something about it. But we don't know anything about that because nobody tells us. We just, they just tell us, oh, girl, you're getting older. You're going to gain weight. Oh, mm-hmm. girl, you're just going to, you know, go to the gym. Oh, calories in, calories out. Ah, mm-hmm. that's the old way of thinking. That is not the way it is today. We can actually get it under control by just testing our hormones and seeing where we are. Go ahead. No, no. I'm, I'm, no, I, I don't want to get on a rant. because You I didn't, already did it now. Yeah, keep going, I, can get, I can get on a rant about the hormones. And again, it's all hormonal, especially with women. Okay, men too, but especially with women. Men, it shows up on their bellies. You know, when you see those beer bellies, have you ever gone to the doctor and the doctor's waiting on you and he got a beer belly and you say, my God, my doctor has a beer belly and he's going to give me advice? Uh-huh. Those men are going through insulin changes as well. They also are insulin resistant. Insulin resistance shows up so many different ways. I've seen skinny women. How about you skinny women with a stomach? They just, stomach, that's insulin resistance. It's nothing, it has nothing to do with they can't lose weight or they're they're insulin resistant. So I found out and figured out there are ways to really help that situation. So... Yes. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? Okay. And then we'll come back mm-hmm. and we'll talk about ways to combat insulin. Insulin resistance. I cannot say words. It's, it's insulin, insulin resistance. resistance. Yes. All right. All so right, we'll, we'll, be right we'll back. tackle that when we come back. All right. Do you want to bulletproof your immune system to fight viruses during cold and flu season? A cup of Be Well Immunity can keep the doctor away and keep that immune system at optimal levels. There are eight wild-crafted, organic, hand-picked herbs that will do just that. Go to brownwomenwellness.com and get 15% off your next purchase using code WELLHONEST15. All right, so we're back with my favorite part, which is the solutions. Yes. Now that we've figured out that stubborn last 50. And it's interesting because, you know, I'm 35 now and I never, I just lost a little bit of weight that I wanted to lose. And I really wanted to lose more like the fat than anything. Um, And it was like, I just didn't want to be like 180 something pounds. And I was 180 something for the longest. I didn't like the way it looked on me personally. And I also didn't like the way that I, I felt with that. And I am going to be completely 100% honest with the listeners. Um, It wasn't because I just did something so great. Like the solutions that we're about to give you, I did not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stress was was a culprit. I did not eat a lot. But I will say this. I learned portion control and I learned when to back away when I was satiated. Um, but I had to learn that through digestion issue, digestive issues and stress. So a lot of times, some of our triggers, we talk about that word a lot, can actually have the adverse effect of like helping you along. And then you can discover like, oh, so this is how I can keep this off or uh, keep this weight off of me. So that's kind of where I am now. Well, you know, again, and, and it's still... Uh, a lot of people, and this is something I plan to do. In fact, I'm going to the doctor next week and I'm going to ask them to give me a continuous glucose monitor. 
and I want to wear that all the time. And I'll mm. I'm gonna report that after like a colostomy my, bag. I said. <laughs> It's what? It's a glucose monitor. What it You're does? You gonna wear it? Yeah, you you put it on your arm. You stick it in your arm, and your phone will tell every time you eat something. It'll tell you whether your blood sugar goes high, so you can find the foods that are triggers for you. And I want to do it as an experiment on myself because if I know what is raising my blood sugar and what is causing my insulin resistance, then those foods I won't eat. So I want to know what those foods are. So that's what I'm going to do. But in the meantime. I'm going to give you other few ways to kind of help yourself move that stubborn weight and how we can come out a little bit out of this insulin resistance. The number one is one of my favorite is intermittent fasting. You know that I love intermittent fasting. Stop eating at seven and eat again, maybe around noon, giving your body a break. Or, or just or just whatever long period of time works 12, for you. Well, 13 hours is minimum. So normally if you stop eating at 7... A 13-hour window of not eating. Correct? Not eating, yeah. So even if you stop eating at 7, the next day you eat, say, around 10 or 8 to 10, that'll give you about 14 to 15 hours. So the more you can give, the better. But this will what this does is it gives your body, your digestive system a break so that you can process the nutrients that you take in. And also, it just cleans out and clear out some of that buildup of junk that's in your body, lowering your inflammation at the same time. So just even a 13-hour of not eating is doable for a lot of women. I enjoy intermittent fasting, when I, but I'm the type of person that I have to be in the space um, I developed the habit and I did it for a very long time. And then uh, I just kind of got away from it. But it's interesting, though. My body actually still does its own level and form of intermittent fasting. So I'll do like my coffee and my green juice or my green um, green supplement in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I won't eat again until probably like around 1, 2 o'clock. And, mm-hmm. I, and so that supplement and that coffee was taken at like around 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you know, then I'm just full. Right. And so, and then I'll eat in the afternoon and then maybe have something else later on. Maybe not, it just depends on how full I am. But I think my body really has adapted like an intermittent fasting type of schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's beneficial. It has helped me keep my little stubborn weight off. And then, sure. and then there's another debate of always whether you work out in the evening or you work out in the morning. We just know we need to work out, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people is get so busy, you know, working out and exercise, you just get overwhelmed. You just, <laughs> you know, you find yourself getting that workout thing. But they say the best results is to get it done in the morning because of your cortisol. And cortisol is another hormone and it's highest when you wake up in the morning. So it's a great way to leverage and stimulate. And this is a word you're going to hear a lot and you're probably hearing it now. It's called your mitochondria, okay, which is one of, a function of your cells. So working out with a higher cortisol level and a healthy mitochondria will give you more energy all day. So that's why they say it's better to work out in the morning as opposed to in the evening. And then we want to focus on building muscle instead of losing weight, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, as we age, the health of our muscles is a key indicator of your longevity. So resistance training to build strength mm-hmm. is better than aerobic exercise. You remember when they had us all doing aerobics I like crazy? We thought we had to do an hour-long aerobics in order to be healthy. Man, I has time changed. That. Times have changed. That now. was really big in the 80s. <laughs> it was. And <laughs> Jane Fonda, we can thank her for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you wouldn't know anything about that. I, but I, I'm, I'm hip. Oh, yeah. She had us all working out. But, you know, any you see those uh, anyone who has killed it at the gym and never seen any progress on the scale, <laughs> that is frustrating. Yeah. So, you know, so you got to be gentle, especially when you get into age over 40. You want to... You know, you want to, you could do a few other things and uh, strength training is better for perimenopause. It it also, you shape your body mm-hmm. when you are doing high interval training and or just resistant training. Like doing straight uh, cardio actually depletes you and makes you look flappy and frail. So if you wanted to kind of like build a body with this weight loss and all that jazz, because it's one thing to lose weight and then it's another thing to have, create shape. Definitely focus on weight. Well, then also you, you're burning fat longer when you do weight training as opposed to... Uh, mm-hmm. So that's another benefit. Also, magnesium. This mm-hmm. is a must-all for all women. When it comes to your energy level and your metabolism, you'd be surprised how many people are lacking magnesium. And I love how you say magnesium. Magnesium. It's magnesium. N- magnesium. <laughs> I love it. It's so magnesium. Magnesium. It's very country. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Go ahead, magnesium. So it's important for create. I'm gonna ignore her. It's important to for creating energy in your cells. So if you're not taking none, take some at night. That's the best time, at least 300 to 600 milligrams, about 30 minutes before you go to sleep. So those are some things you can do. Uh, to rev up that metabolism, to well, get rid of the insulin resistance, to get rid of some of that stubborn weight. And uh, hopefully you'll take some of these suggestions and try them and see how they work for you. Yeah, we'll talk about what I was going to be triggered by in another episode. You want to tell it? Tell I it thought now. we were going in that direction. See, that's... I got triggered <laughs> at how we talked about the last week's episode, the week before last. You recognize your triggers and then you pivot. Oh, well, I'm happy to And I'm like, oh, that's not what we're talking about. But (laughs) we will be talking about how there is a fine line between losing weight and being body shamed. Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother episode. But it's kind of like one. It it needs to be the next episode. We can talk about it in the next episode. Because they have this thing out now on TikTok and all that jazz where it's it's the body positivity movement. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Of course. Who hasn't? Okay. Um, and then there are some caveats to this body positivity because it's like, what are we celebrating? And There's a fine line there, be, though. There's a fine line with everything. Yeah, but there's a very fine line. Because I've, I've seen some things that not they're not body... It's unhealthy. There's a difference between well, unhealthy. Now. Well, now. Okay, so, but anyway, I don't want to get into that because <laughs> I can go off on a tangent on that because I think where they're going with that is incorrect. That's how I feel about it. Okay. So, anyway. Don't get, don't get so deep. I can get deep on that. So, okay. you just hit a trigger on me. Uh, okay. Right. Anyway, we come back. We're going to talk about our product swap of the week. And it goes with the whole thing of losing weight and why we can't get the weight or keep the weight off anyway. Okay, we'll be right back. Brown Women Wellness' mission is to empower brown women and their families through education and products to help improve their family health and wellness through a lifestyle of easy and actionable steps. I'm Andretta Robinson, Functional Nutrition Wellness Coach. In 2008, I was diagnosed with an early stage of cancer. My doctor wanted to remove my womb as a cure, but I was determined there had to be another way. After lots of research, I found a curable alternative, forcing my doctor to treat it without any surgery. 
and in 2018, I was visiting my aunt in Atlanta after having lost my mother to heart disease and saw her health was in distress with high blood pressure and all things related. A visit to the health food store to formulate herbal teas, which is now called Brown Women Wellness Anti-Inflammation Tea, and a diet and lifestyle change turned my aunt's health around. I knew I had found my calling. We bring you healthy lifestyle information through our Brown Women Wellness website, our Brown Women Wellness Facebook group, emails, Instagram, and other social media websites, and our Well Honestly podcast. Find us. You'll be glad you did. All right. right. And we're back with our product swap of the week. Uh, And how befitting, we're going to talk about sugar versus everything else sweet. Oh, boy. Sugar, 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 sugar. (laughs) Sugar is one of the most dangerous ingredients on the market. It's so addictive. And it's added to almost every processed food. And it just makes you overweight, depressed, and sick if you eat too much of it. In fact, Americans eat close to 130 pounds of the stuff per person per year, four times more than the recommended daily allowance. So it's very addictive. We all know sugar is addictive. We all love sugar. But what can we do as an alternative? We're going to talk a little bit about that. And one of the things, and you're starting to see it a lot on the shelf, is stevia. Now, stevia is a little controversial because it can taste a little bitter. So a lot of people don't feel like it's really a good substitute for uh, for sugar. But, you know, before that, they had sweet and low and equal. Everybody was substituting with sweet and low and equal that industry did about a billion dollars in uh, 1991. But in 2008, the FDA approved the use of stevia. And Coca-Cola and PepsiCo got on it. Mm, that doesn't sound suspicious. So whenever a major food company gets involved, you know we're going to have some... Well, you got to think twice. You're going to have some chemicals now. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really particularly care for stevia. I never have. Well, if it's done correctly, because I've had stevia in some of my protein shakes, and you can't even taste it. It really does. Oh. It's not bad. But uh, the one that I used at first when, when we were looking for a substitute, and I think everybody used it, was the one called Truvia. Because Truvia didn't, didn't taste bad. It wasn't... Uh, it didn't have that... Uh, uh, it didn't have that t- aftertaste that stevia could have. So Coca-Cola produced uh, Truvia. And then one day we looked, I looked at the process of it. It goes through 40 steps <laughs> to make Truvia. And it, so it's nothing like, there's no stevia in Truvia, just so you know. All right. It's got even got acetone in it. So that's one of the things that we had to stop using. So, okay. I said, okay, we can't use Truvia. What else can we use? So I went back to stevia and I found that there are a lot of different kinds and types of ways stevia is produced. But more than that, if you can't and don't like stevia, there are so many other things you can use. We got honey. We got pure maple syrup. Even though those are sweet, they're not as addictive as sugar. I personally like coconut palm sugar. I use that because it's a low glycemic, making it more diabetic friendly. And it's one of those natural unprocessed forms of sugar, if I have to have it. Um, So it's natural also in amino acids. I'm talking about coconut palm sugar. You can find it at most of your health food stores. Uh, But it has 10,000 times more potassium, more magnesium, and it's just 20 times more iron than your conventional sugar. So that's a nice way to kind of segue out of sugar into coconut palm sugar if you don't want to go into the stevia. So that's what I'm going to say is a swap. 
I'm here for it. Right. I do honey and maple syrup myself. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I don't really crave. I don't have like a sugar bug on me. That's a great thing not to have. A um, lot of people do. But that um. Yeah, I've never really also been like a big sweets person. No, because like I'll eat sweets and then I'll just be done with it. Yeah, usually probably around that time of the month because that's when your hormones fluctuate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good Most women, they, they crave it at certain times of the month. So, but yeah, those are good swamps. So you don't have to have sugar, that white powder stuff that is a chemical and it's bad for you and it'll make you crave more. Uh, and also make you what we talked about in an earlier episode, insulin resistance. So... It's, but you do have to wean yourself off of it. It's not something you can't go... A lot of people can't go cold turkey. With sugar? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that difficult. apple pie, that, uh, that that apple pie that you want, uh, those uh, dark chocolates that you want, uh, which, by the way, dark chocolate is a healthier version, too, if you got a craving to have. Just, but any of the cookies, ice cream, sweets, cakes, pies, and all that jazz, muffins, all those things, I think the most important thing is... Um, cut back. Yes, yes. Um, snacking. In my personal opinion, snacking is a gateway for sugar attacks. Oh, we could do. A whole and I'm not a snacker. By I've never been a snacker, but I think that snacking is the devil when it comes to trying to combat sugar. So, well, yeah, because it raises your blood sugar every time. Watch you yourself snack. in that snacking, because yeah. that's how you end up picking up all these little cookies, Oreos, chips and dips and things and the next thing you know you've never combated sugar so just be mindful so we're gonna wrap this up because we know and I will always say because we know the struggle is real Mm -hmm. okay and we're gonna wrap up this episode you can find us on all the social media outlets and don't forget you can also find us on YouTube right Keela? Yep, and you can email us at info at brownwomenwellness.com. Let us know what you would like to hear. Celebrate your wins. Let us know what you may or may not like about sugar and uh, uh, intermittent fasting. We want to hear from you all, so just reach out. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Well Honestly, the podcast. If you want to know more about us and our products, check us out over on our website at brownwomenwellness.com. And remember, ladies, we are not doctors and any information shared by us is not medical advice. Always follow your doctor's advice. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast and let us know what you loved about this week's episode. And please subscribe to wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Feel free to email us and let us know what you would like to hear more of from us. Don't be afraid to say hi. We'll say hi right back to you. Don't forget to find us across all social platforms at Brown Women Wellness. As always, show notes with the links to what we talked about today in this week's episode will be in the description box below. Thanks for listening.